Life goes on and on and my heart's broken, split in two. Every day I wake up missing you. Every day I wake up missing you. They say that life goes on in time, will heal all my wounds. Life goes on and on and my heart's broken, split in two. Every day I wake up missing you. Every day I wake up missing you. All right. Uh, hello, hip hop heads and horror fans. This is your host, Seven Octobers, here with another episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue, my podcast. I also have a blog. You can follow me at sevenoctobers.com. Seven Octobers is below right here, how to spell it. Um, and again, it's a podcast, uh, episode two, season two. Today I have a special guest. Uh, I'll give a brief introduction and then I'll bring her on the screen. Uh, so she goes by Busy Balboa. She's a dope MC, uh, podcaster as well, like myself. She runs uh, these this podcast called Get to Know Me Podcast. She's been putting in work. She's been uh, doing like interviews like almost every week and like more than one uh, during the week. So that's pretty dope of her. She's like uh, has strong work ethic, I can tell. And she's also an entrepreneur. She has like a clothing line. Um, it's big love. It's uh, but I think it goes by um, live full, die empty, and we'll go over that in a second with her. Hopefully, I didn't butcher that. But without further ado, I'm gonna bring her on the screen here. Hey, what's up, busy? What's going on? <laughs> hey, well, thank you for joining me. Um, so a couple things I'll kind of have you introduce yourself too. I gave a little brief bio, but obviously you know more about yourself than I do. So um, if you want to tell us a bit about yourself, um, where you're from how you got into the creative arena and all that. Yeah, you did a great job, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm Busy Balboa. I'm originally from Valosta, Georgia. Uh, I've been in San Diego about six years. I've been doing music since I was um, probably five years old. I've been in, you know, been writing and doing music my whole life. Yeah. Um, my mom used to catch me in the closet writing raps and stuff like at a very young age and yeah. she talk about it all the time. <laughs> uh, she still has all of my raps. She collects all of my stuff. That's I've cool. been doing it like <laughs> since I was a kid, like yeah. all my life. Okay. So um, I don't know. That's all I know. I guess that's a little bit of bio of Busy Balboa. <laughs> cool. And then <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I kind of figured out um, like your artistic name was like, that Balboa, I was thinking it was like due to the Rocky films. And then I think I heard um, the interview you did with uh, Rob Broccoli, shout out to him, Spooky Gang, um, that you yeah. said that it was because of that, right? So I kind of, I guess I was on on the on point when I guessed that part. But Busy, is it just like a nickname? Yeah, Busy is a nickname. Um, I've always been known, by, you know, as Busy. That kind okay. of, I don't know where that name came from. I mm -hmm. guess me being Busy, I've always been like a very <laughs> active person. Yeah. Um, and... The Balboa came from my best friend. Like we used to do skits all the time, and he he named me Cocky Balboa, you know, based <laughs> off uh, Rocky or whatever. And yeah. he just was like, "You should keep it because you got punchlines and you be hitting them hard and all of that." And I was like, <laughs> "It got a ring to it, you yeah." Know? So I kept it. I, you know, I've been going by Busy Balboa for at least maybe ten years. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. Um, and then um, I like to ask this question. Because we're obviously it's like a hip hop and horror blog, so I'm gonna mix a little bit of both. But uh, to start on the hip hop side, what made you like fall in love with the with the hip hop and the culture and and rapping and all that? I really don't know like what initially started it, but I know that um, as a kid we used to always watch a lot of movies um, mm -hmm. that were 
they had a, like a heavy musical influence, like, you know, Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it. And yeah, <laughs> um, the temptations, the five heartbeats, anything yeah. that had like a musical background, we watched all of those movies as a kid. So yeah, I knew that I love music and, you know, I just kind of grew up, uh, you know, getting magazines all the time and the magazines had different artists in there. So yeah. I would go from listening to NSYNC to DMX. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I would go by what's in the magazine. You know, yeah. I didn't, it was hard to know, you know, we were born in the same year. So it was exactly. really hard to know what artists were doing what and who was cool with who. So I did it. I found out through magazine and That's true, um, I just kind of like started listening to a lot of people in New York. Uh -huh. I didn't really listen to my surrounding counties until I got older around 18. And I started listening to people like Outkast, Field Mob. Like yeah. I had heard them, but I think uh -huh. at 18 is when I started to really like understand like, oh, snap, like these yeah. things are crazy. And that's whenever I really was like, okay, uh, I want to be like very serious about music. And I, I looked up an art institute and my mom was like, uh, you know, saying like, you know, you should go. But I was, kinda, <laughs> you know, getting out of trouble at the time. I was like in the streets a lot, getting in trouble with different people. So yeah. whenever I did uh, file to go to the Art Institute, it was the one in Atlanta. And like, they were basically like, oh, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think I'd be able to go. But my mom, she works, she's a professor at a college. So she oh, was like, doing yeah. what she could to get me <laughs> gone and I was gone in like a week and oh, wow. I was at an art school, like <laughs> fresh out of high school. That's pretty cool. So it was kind of like a college type of thing or like the art school? Yeah, Art Institute of Atlanta. It's a, it's a oh, college. Okay. They help you pretty much put together like a portfolio so that you can apply and get you a decent uh, career in a good field. That's that pretty cool. For, but yeah. A, a lot of it is, um, it's really like, you know, just them kind of like, putting together what you already know you they don't really teach you a lot so yeah when I went there I didn't I already didn't know how to record so they telling me like okay well bring in all of your mixes and, and I'm like what I don't know how to mix <laughs> like I didn't know anything yeah so I met you know so many artists at the Art Institute of Atlanta and they taught me how to record like That's in real cool. life yeah because before then I was recording off little cassette tapes and oh yeah you know, I used to do that too like that. <laughs> yeah you know I, I didn't know what I was doing and, yeah, <laughs> and you know the people at the Art Institute, um, Big B and Beware Records, they taught me how to record. And once I learned, I went back home and I started up my own. I guess it was a collective, but at the time I didn't know what I was doing. I just was like, I'm going to get a bunch of rappers and we're going to be together all the time and we're going to make music together. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I went back, I taught like eight artists how to record. Most of them were related to me, but they were artists. Okay. And uh, I taught them how to record. We started, you know, putting together a tape and we started booking shows and we created a crew about business. And that's my, uh, that's pretty much like what I represent, a crew about business. It's still like my independent label. I don't really talk about it a lot, but it's still like an independent label. Okay. And that's what we started in Pretty much since then, I've just been on track with the music ever since I got back from the Art Institute of Atlanta. <laughs> um, and what what label? What's the name of the label? Um, the label that I that taught me how to record was yeah. Beware Records, and the label that I started is ACAB, a crew about business, AKAB. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty dope. And then talking about music and everything kind of leads to um, your EP here, or I don't know if you would consider an EP or an album. I would consider, I think, like an EP just because it's not that long, right? But um, it has 10 it, tracks. It's not long. Right? 
<laughs> and I have like the uh, the CD for people <laughs> who can see right here. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, Disturb Tranquility is what it's called. And you said it's like your first official, right? O official like release because you've released yeah, music, but I something. Got, like, so yeah. I got so many projects, like too many, but nothing was like that. Yeah. Like, that right there is a yeah, it's pretty, and it's pretty cool, like, the story behind it. So we're going to talk for uh, those people that might not know who you are and they're barely getting introduced to you uh, watching this episode. So um, you mentioned that you actually came up with the track list first, which is, uh, spells out every first letter of each track spells rest in peace, which that's pretty dope. Mm -hmm. um, and I was going to ask you, like, is that something that is this the first time you've ever done something like this where you actually write the titles of the songs first and then write after it? Or, or how does it normally work for your process? Like, do you come up with the song first and then title it. Yeah, that, I think that was the first time I ever did anything like that. Like I have, I have like a pretty basic um, like type of way of writing music. It's not as creative as people would think. It's, yeah. Um, normally <laughs> I listen to the beat and, and whatever feeling I get, you know, I, yeah. I'll say, okay, this is a song where I'm going to be talking about uh, some serious stuff. I want to hurt somebody's feelings. Like I want to, you know, really bring some emotions out. Yeah, and I won't really know what I'm gonna go with, but I'll try to think of a title before I start to write. I'll try to think of a subject or a title before I write. Okay. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But this time I was like, I I started writing this project way before I thought of the idea to spell out "Rest in Peace." No Valentine mm -hmm. was the first one I wrote. Okay. And, well, Grandma's Prayers and then No Valentine was the first two I wrote. And yeah. And I was like, I think I wanted to spell out rest in peace because I, I lost five relatives back to back during the process of wow. making it. So yeah. it was, my best friend was June 2018. And then my cousin committed suicide in October 2018. Mm -hmm. And then my uncle passed from cancer in November 2018. Oh, man. <laughs> then, back to back. Uh, my grandmother um, yeah. passed away in August of 2019. And so did her... Um, basically like a musical friend that she had, but he, mm -hmm. he was like a grandfather to us. So mm -hmm. they passed a week apart, which was very insane because oh, like, wow. they they literally, like all I knew was my grandmother and this man, you know, singing all the time. So for yeah. them to pass away in the same week, it was insane. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. But having all of them pass back to back, to back, to like it just kind of like had me super depressed, but I didn't want my project to be uh, you know, completely down. I wanted it to mm -hmm. represent me still. A lot of people know me from my fun, silly music, and I would say uh, in a row and and uh, what else is on there? Should know that's like the old Busy Balboa. Those songs are like yeah, what they know me for the silly, fun, <laughs> high pitched voice. That's what everybody <laughs> knows me from. And then lately, it's been more serious. You know, very much more uh, more like conscious, yeah, political, yeah. So um. I guess a couple of people are learning me from like that and I just wanted like a mixture. Yeah, and did you did you record all these like uh, after 2018 after everybody passed or uh, when or was it this year they wrote all the tracks? I wrote Grandma's Prayers a year before my grandma passed because I knew she was dying, but Okay. You know, whenever you really are living in it, you don't really know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I wrote on like trying to basically saying like before you pass away, pray for me, like uh, send us your blessings because you're the you're the foundation and she was sick when I wrote it 
and I never played her the song. I never, I never asked if anybody in the family played her the song. I never, I never brought it up. And uh, like after I wrote it, my cousin was getting married. Okay. And um, my grandmother and I, we walked down the aisle together, and uh -huh. I could tell that she was getting weaker. Yeah. You know. So you know, around that time is whenever I said, okay, like it's about to happen, you know, mm -hmm. and I just started to accept it and start, I started plotting out the project around the time that she started to pass, but it was really my best friend that kind of encouraged me to do another project, but I had no idea it was going to be what it is. I didn't know that I was going to do this. Yeah. That's yeah. And I was going to ask you too about grandma's prayer. Cause um, that was the first song I actually ever saw you perform last year. And I, I was like, that's cool. Like, because I never, it, it, what the rare thing is like, not a lot of people have that relationship with their grandparents. I think people our age or um, either a little bit older or my my younger sister, because she grew up with us, but not a lot of people have that uh, connection with their grandparents. So it was kind of cool to hear somebody else um, that related to that. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, this, she's, she's fucking dope. Um, and then I was going to ask you that too. Yeah. Like if she had heard it, if she had heard it before she passed away, but she didn't, right? You said? she didn't everybody asked me that like has she heard it I yeah like, nope, i didn't play it <laughs> is it was there a reason why you didn't want to play it or is it just you never got to it i, I think i never got to it i wanted to though yeah I'm pretty sure she would have loved it, though. That's what I, I feel like my grandma was like. I wish she would have like been here to like hear my, my music that I did for her. Because she would always be like, oh, how come you didn't make a video for me or whatever? But, uh, you know, hopefully she, she hears it from wherever she is. <laughs> um, and then my you... My grandmother used to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, why don't you do this for me? <laughs> yeah, man. Um and I was going to ask you, because you touched on it a little bit, I was going to ask you about the kind of like you have a lot of uh, versatility in your music. Um, so like uh, Reverse, that one's the one kind of like the intro track, at least I feel like it, because it tells a little bit about you and that you feeling cursed and all the deaths that happened, um, which is a deep, like introspective track. But then you also get to like Empirical, which is kind of like vibey as well. But it's also talking about like you coming to California, quitting your job and all that. Um, and then you get into songs like Tranquility, which that's like my, my favorite one off the, the project. Uh, same thing talking about like your grandma, uh, I believe your, your cousin, right? You talk about him in that track too. Um, yeah. and pretty much just using, lo losing loved ones and, um, you know, thinking about them on a daily basis, which I can relate to. And then you have like love songs, heartbreak songs like Lone Valentine. And then Elohim, which is like more positive. So it's kind of funny because you, you're right. I feel like we do our um, both our EPs kind of go with each other because it starts from kind of like a low point and then you end up like on a positive note, you know, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Not when I was looking at the, I was listening to it again. Yeah. And I was like, this shit's crazy. But I really like that you kind of mix a little bit of different vibes. Like you have like the kind of like trap type of beats. You're going off, having fun, and then you also have like the, like you said, conscious rap that people are getting to know you now. So that was that was pretty cool how you did that. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, with everything that's going on right now with like uh, the pandemic and the protest um, with like Black Lives Matter and you know black people and brown people still getting murdered by the cops. How has that impacted like your creativity um, as an artist and even just like as like a podcaster? 
Well, it impacts me a lot because, you know, um, for one, I'm black and I've experienced a lot of, uh, you know, racial profiling and different things growing up in South Georgia. We also have like one of the biggest unsolved cases in Valdosta, Georgia, which is Kendrick Johnson. Um, he was 18 years old at the time, found rolled up in the gym mat and, yeah. you know, everybody, every, everyone that's down there, as far as uh, the cops, they're trying to say that it was an accident. He accidentally fell in, but I mean, his organs were missing. His fingernails were missing. He was beaten to wow. death. Like it's, it's just insane. So we have yeah. to still deal with stuff like that down there. Um, yeah. It's just, it, I take it very personal. I take it very serious. It it gets me, it gets under my skin. Sometimes it gets me outraged. So what I've been trying to do is uh, get more control over my emotions and not react so quickly off what I see in the news. That's one reason I wrote anti because the news has the ability to really snap us out of our, our reality and have us like all messed up into whatever they want us to be into. Yeah. So, it um you know i've been taking the time to really talk about these subjects i've always talked about these subjects like if you look on youtube at some very old busy balboa music videos i have one that's called toxic and there's a scene in there one i have like a you know a arizona and some skittles similar to trayvon martin and i have a hoodie on and i went to the store and we kind of like reenacted it and mm -hmm. that was like 2013. So it's like, you know, I've always been very vocal about what's been going on in the world. I've always yeah. felt like it's, you know, a responsibility of mine, you know, or just an artist to talk about this and to bring light to it. Because, um, you know, me personally, just growing up where I grew up, I know that people have no idea what goes on in those small little country areas. Yeah. They feel like, you know, who's going to come and say something to us? It's our town. We run this town. And for the most part, they're right. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, they kind of mm -hmm. are right. So it's scary growing up um, in those areas where it's like extremely in your face. Yeah. I think in San Diego, you know, we've been seeing a lot of crazy, you know, racist stuff in San Diego. I still feel like it's not as bad as other places, you know? That's true. So yeah. I really have been just trying to focus more on what I can what I can do and what I can control instead of all of the things that I cannot control and make sure that my exactly. spirit is at peace. Yeah. It's just too much to take in, you know? Yeah. 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 And I was like, um, it just reminded me, I was listening to, um, the Bryson Tiller, um, genius, uh, interview and he's from, I think Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was talking about it because yeah. they asked him about the same thing that, uh, uh, what did he feel like with the whole, you know, protest and everything going on and, he did a few billboards for like Breonna Taylor and stuff like that to kind of, you know, use his art and his like um, status, I guess you could say, to kind of bring more light to, yeah. to the topic. And then he did say that, unfortunately, like for him, it's kind of been normalized where he was from, like uh, people being racist to him. It kind of became normalized, which is something like a part of life. And I was kind of thought I was so sad just because he thought it was like it's a normal everyday thing and it shouldn't be. And it, the fact that it's still going on. Right. You know, because sometimes I'll catch me and someone else black doing something that we shouldn't be doing, but we're doing it because we feel like, oh, mm -hmm. we may get, you know, harassed or like yeah. something as simple as 
I got in the car one time with a hat on and um, my friend got in the car and they had their hat on and we both were like took them off and I mm-hmm. looked at them. It was something about us taking it off at the same time. And I was like, why <laughs> did you take your hat off? And they were like, why did you take yours off? And I was like, well, I took mine off because I didn't want the police to pull us over thinking it's two black dudes in the car. <laughs> and they was like, that's why I took mine off. And I'm like, fuck, we are fucked wow. up. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not okay. Yeah, it's like where it's already like in built in us. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, but that it's cool that you're using yeah, I mean, like your like art. Well, Go ahead. Well, we're from. They even used to say things like, you know, now that I'm older, I remember them saying stuff like, "Don't show out in here in front of these white people." And it's like, what? Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean, now that I'm older, it's like, what? But now, I mean, I get it. They literally were are fearful. They still are down there. They are fearful. They don't want no problems with nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Don't say nothing. Don't look at them. Don't talk to them. That's how it is, literally. And they don't even realize that they are like that. Like a lot of people that I talk to, relatives mm-hmm. and all, they don't realize that they're like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. I'm like, we are the ones that have to be. I believe we're the ones that should be scared of them, but it's the other way around. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't don't even get me started on like shootings and stuff because there's always the white kids in the, <laughs> you know. So, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, moving on. So um, for your your favorite song that you've ever written, do you have any anyone that specifically that stands out to you and any special meaning behind it? Oh, you hit me with that one. <laughs> uh, I mean, I got a few of them that when I turn it on, like it, it just put me in a mood. I mean, No mm-hmm. Valentine is one of them because it's, that song is, is so deep. People, it's like so many different situations that I put into one song. You know, I'm talking about being homeless out here in San Diego, waking up in my car, my 99 Lumina at the time. <laughs> and then I'm also talking about like how, I lived a life where I used to take from people, steal, hurt people, you know, do horrible shit. And I changed my life. And now like that same thing is happening to me from people that I love. They're like stealing and robbing me and doing the horrible shit to me. So I'm like basically saying like in that song, No Valentine, like, yeah, I'm saying like, will I ever find love and all of that? But at the end of the day, it's also like a very heartfelt song where I'm almost feeling sorry for myself, you know, like it's, it's like a fucked up reality. Like (laughs) you did a lot of horrible things in your life and that's why these things are happening back to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a deep ass song. I mean, all of them are are my favorites. I love all of them, but (laughs) the ones that are really deep that like violence in the domestic, I love performing that because it's like a true story and, you know, it's about domestic violence and, um, I like to perform the fun songs like Nasty Mommy because I like the reaction to the crowd. I like the energy. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it just depends, you know? Yeah. All right. Dope. So, um, and then obviously being, um, you and I being women in hip hop, you already know, we kind of, we have to kind of work harder a little bit to, to get a respect. At least for me, that's kind of the, um, the thing that I had to do. But how, do, how has that been, right? How has that been for you and um, how do you overcome that? for those other women that are entering, you know, the hip hop arena? Um, like, uh, you know, 
it's funny because when I moved out here to San Diego, a lot of people were thinking that I'm like this new young person that don't know what I'm talking about. But, <laughs> right. um, you know, I've, I've ran clubs before, you know, I've, I've started collectives. I've done everything you can think of. Yeah. And I still am very new. I don't mm -hmm. know it all at all. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to us, we all we do is try to get our foot in the door. You know, we treat people mm -hmm. right. We, you know, we're professional and sometimes you still have to deal with bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the reason why I salute, I salute you and, you know, all the women that's doing things to create our own type of platform and our own yeah. voices are being heard because we're making it heard. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm creating my own everything instead exactly. of asking. Like, I don't. I don't want to ask for nothing anymore. <laughs> I just want it because I deserve it and I, it, it should yeah. be there, you know? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We have that in common. So that's dope. Like you said, like that platform you have um, and kind of moving into that, um, the get to know me podcast, which um, you kind of were the first one that kind of guided me. Cause I just, I was doing the audio podcast um, before I even started. I think I hit you up cause you mentioned that you had the get to know me podcast. So I appreciate that um, insight that you gave me. Um, and then I used the Anchor app, which um, you use for your interviews. And then I ended up now moving out to here mm -hmm. to like video podcast because I, I like uh, me. I'm a visual learner. So I love watching like interviews. I'm like a little nerd. So I love watching any like interviews like rappers, um, horror stuff. So um, get to know me podcast is really cool. Um, you get to interact with different people, uh, artists, uh, business owners, all of that. Um, and like I said, you've been on a roll. <laughs> uh, you've been doing like three or four a, a week almost from what I've seen. Um, so how, how did the uh, the Get to Know Me podcast start? Like for those yeah. that never heard of it, um, how did has it evolved? And how do you juggle that, you know, doing the rapping? I'm, I'm thinking you also have a nine to five, I think you mentioned and all that. How do you juggle all that for the, all those people that are like listening, trying to do the same thing? Well, I started Get to Know Me podcast around, I think, September 2018. So it was, uh, it was, I think it was before all of the deaths started happening. And mm -hmm. I just recreated so that I can. Um, sometimes I get on these little uh, sprees and I just start ranting forever. And then <laughs> an hour will pass and I'm like, fuck, and go delete everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided, like, <laughs> because I'm so opinionated, but I do not like opinions. I need to be on a podcast. That's like, that's where people like me should be on a podcast. So yeah, I made my podcast just so I could talk shit. Really. I wanted to talk shit uninterrupted with nobody else's opinion, just mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I was doing it for like a year with just me, you know, no guests, just me talking almost like a diary. Every now and again, I have a guest, but for, for the most part, it was just me. Yeah. And like recently during the quarantine, because like I said, I've been trying to make the best of my time. Um, yeah, I am working. I work for my cousin's business. I have my own business. But as far as my nine to five that I had for the past four years, I gave it up during this quarantine. Okay. Um, because I was, I, I needed the time just like everybody else. And I didn't want yeah. to put my life at risk. I live alone, so I can't afford to be sick in a state by myself. So yeah, <laughs> sorry, you know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, uh, I I put up a post and I was like, it's so many artists that I know all over the world. Cause like I said, I've lived in Atlanta. I lived in Florida. I've lived in Alabama. I've lived in Tennessee and now California and mm -hmm. everywhere I've lived, I've been around nothing but musicians, artists, you know, rappers, all kind of people. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, videographers. So I was like, I want to start interviewing some of you guys because, you know, I know a lot of the San Diego people, I can reach out to them because I know that they're more willing to do. I feel like people and artists in California, and this Mm -hmm. is just my opinion, a lot of people may not like this, but the artists that I've met in California are way more serious. They take themselves way more serious. Everybody's going to say they take themselves serious until they start meeting artists in California. Yeah. I've lived everywhere. <laughs> trust me. Like, it's people that do take themselves serious in that and all of that. But mm-hmm. I feel like the type of way that people take themselves serious here is different because they're not big on themselves. They're willing to work with other people. They yeah. want you to have the knowledge. They want you to have information. They don't want to hide it from you. You know what I mean? Um, they are willing to work and interview and perform and all of that shit. It's not, oh, I'm too big for that. Oh, open mic. I don't do mm-hmm. open mics. It ain't all of that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Know? So I reached out to people that's back home first. And I was like, hey, I know, you know, you guys are probably busy. But if <laughs> you would like to, you could come on my podcast and talk about your music and all the stuff you got going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe some of these California artists will hear you and maybe they'll want to do a song with you. So yeah. after I put that post up, I think it got like a hundred and something comments on Facebook. Oh, wow. And <laughs> um, everybody started reaching out to me. And I had like I had like 15 people that first week. And I was like, shit, I'm dropping like eight artists this week. Like, why wait? Yeah. And of course, you know, I got a lot of people like, why are you doing it like that? What's up with that? You know, a lot of questions. But mm-hmm. my thing is, um, I like to be different. You know, I like I like to be something extraordinary. I like to be unknown, unheard of. Like, what the hell yeah. is this? I love that shit. So, to me, it's like a, it's like bigger than a podcast. It's like an artist, uh, like a feature for an artist, like a show. Mm-hmm. You get to tap in and find out everything that you want as far as like what they're willing to share. Yeah, music, everything, and then at the same time they paired up with another artist that you probably would have never heard of mm-hmm. just to give that artist a chance to kind of get introduced to a different crowd. And I feel like it's been working out really great. I've been seeing people follow each other that would have never known each other. People running into each other. Like, Oh, I saw you on busy podcast. Like That's pretty everybody's dope. Telling <laughs> the stories. Yeah. It's like, really dope, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, my whole goal is to just try to help as many people as I can, you know, get shine and, yeah. As far as how I balance it with my own music and stuff, like it really doesn't take up that much time because I'm doing it only one day a week. So that's one way okay. I'm able to kind of sort it all down. Yeah. Um, I try to, I try to get every artist information a week ahead or two weeks ahead so that I can go ahead and work on promo. Mm-hmm. And you know, like me, I'm I'm a person that don't I don't really sleep long. I sleep maybe an hour or two hours at a time. No matter how tired, no matter what <laughs> I've done. Yeah, I sleep for like two hours. So when everybody sleep, I'm editing videos, I'm editing audio, I'm writing lyrics, I'm reading a book, I'm meditating, I'm crying in the shower <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like I'm always up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I'm always up. I'm like a machine, man. Yeah, it's funny that you say that you're j- you're always up. I'm like the opposite. Like they make fun of me at the, uh, Spooky Gang Small, Small Zuno specifically. He's like, you're the nap the nap uh, queen and shit because. <laughs> That that's the only thing that like, like, allows me to get through the day. So for me, it's like I'm the opposite of you. I'm like I gotta take like a, a few like naps to like be able to do everything. Like it's crazy because to me, I take a lot of naps, but it seems like every time whenever somebody's looking for me, I'm up. Yeah, and it's always 
awkward times, like 2.30 <laughs> in the morning. They'll be like, I knew you were up. I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and um, so that's pretty dope that you, you're able to juggle both. And from what I can tell, like, say you have like a really strong work ethic and then you're really organized. So that that helps a lot because I'm, I'm like the I mean, same way. Before, before I was, you know, managing a whole store for T-Mobile the past four years. Like I, my work ethic is incredible. I hate to yeah. brag, but I have yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, brag, brag about it, man. Because <laughs> not a lot of people, like, a lot of people think it's I, easy, I, but I, it's I not. Strong, <laughs> and I love to, I love to treat people well like i try to treat yeah. people the way that i want them to treat me so that they know how to operate with me yeah like i do i do it on purpose so like you see how i am how i'm you know making sure i'm on time i'm communicating this is how i want you to be yeah and hopefully you know people receive it that way and they give it back that's the exactly reason why i try to make sure that i'm always on point with everything i do with and everything because I need it back that same way exactly yeah I always say like treat it as, as a job because obviously right now what I'm doing I'm not getting paid for it but eventually I want to you know so I'm treating it like an actual yeah, job right I, feel like. I want to eventually get paid I mean the podcast has a small little sponsorship through anchor but like I want to eventually I want I would love for this to be my job because exactly I feel like ain't nobody better than people like me and you we yeah. we're passionate about this we, like you said exactly. we do it for free we do it just because it takes yep. so many hours out of my day like yeah <laughs> I, I that is one thing though like I have to tell artists because, like, you know, it's free. I'm, I'm taking my time to do it. So if you miss, if you miss your interview, man, I'm gonna have to charge you for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, actually, that's smart. I should start doing that too. I'm gonna implement that. <laughs> it's like a cancellation fee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, time is money, man. You know, like you said, it's it's uh, time that we're taking it to pretty much uh, promote these people so the least they can do is like you know be on time <laughs> That's the best thing to do. like i don't ask for nothing else <laughs> exactly um and then to touch on uh, your entrepreneur side um you also have like a clothing line right it, is the company called live full then die empty is that is that correct yeah live full then die empty so i was in a um <laughs> crazy relationship in 2000 well, 2015 is when it ended Okay. Um, shout out to my ex. We friends or whatever, but it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. Um, you know, we fought. We we she cut me. It was crazy. It was oh bad. my god. But not to throw her on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, the relationship was bad, and I decided to stay out here in San Diego, even though I had no family out here. I ain't mm. have shit. Nothing. 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 Living in my car just horrible. But I, oh, I was so depressed. Yeah. I was so messed up mentally that I didn't want to go around my family. I didn't want to be around nobody. I just wanted to kind of just like, you know what I mean? Fade into the background. So yeah. I stayed out here. And during that time, I, I started uh, looking at a lot of motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. Les Brown is one of them. And he's the one that originally has the uh, saying, live for, die empty. And he's just always on stage screaming, like, live for, die empty, and get your life right. So I was like, that's right. Like, that phrase stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And I, I kept, I went with live for, then die empty uh, mm -hmm. as a spinoff of his, because I feel like that statement is important. Like, yeah, a lot of people don't understand that we, we really need to exert ourselves of everything we got while we have life in us, because at any moment it could be gone. Exactly. And, um, like as I, I started like doodling on, um, you know, scrap paper and I would have my whole wall would be covered up 
hmm. with positive affirmations and African symbols. And I'm talking about crazy. My roommate probably <laughs> thought I was insane. But I needed to wake up to motivation. After that relationship, I was so depressed, so distraught. Like, I needed to wake up. I, I was getting myself out of depression. Yeah. And I was like, you know, one day I was like, I want to put these on a T-shirt one day. I want to put, like, positive stuff on a shirt. Yeah. You know, you always walk by people and they t-shirts say some crazy stuff like eat a dick or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, That's true. You know, people, they, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, it would be cool if somebody had a shirt on that says like, I love you or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So I um I started to make the shirts uh, and it's been like four years. Yeah. 2016, I started. Okay. And, you know, I've started with other products and things like that. And I mean, it's been great because more than anything, it's just really spreading a message. And mm-hmm. because because um, I, I really still need an original name, I think that the original name is going to switch to Big Love. Yeah. Because whenever I created it, uh, like I said, I was in depression. I wasn't thinking. But I don't want people to think that it's like uh, me taking from Les Brown, which is why in my um, on my website, I have like all of his information letting you know, like, this is where I heard it from. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come up with these sayings uh, completely. And I do have my LLC and everything, but I, I just still want to change it. And I'm thinking about changing it to Big Love simply because that's just what I represent. Yeah. And I just was uh, joking around on the internet and I was like, I want y'all to call me Big Love. And everybody started yeah. doing it, but it <laughs> stuck, you know? It's yeah. Like, that's my name. That's the brand, you know, because everything that I do is out of love. I don't, I'm always trying to spread love, yeah. receive love. <laughs> like it's just love 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 of course you know i ain't trying to make it seem like i'm the most positive person in the world everybody knows that i got a slight temper especially when you do me wrong but <laughs> for the most part yeah I, overall i got nothing but love and i treat yeah. people right and you know i try to be fair you know yeah so you know it's big love but it's still live full and die empty that name been around for four years so it's hard to just get rid of it but yeah you know for the most part big love <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool though yeah like I, like you said it's it's cool that you have like a positive message on on the t-shirts um the funny ones are always fun as well yeah. but it's kind of cool to have like those positive uh, affirmations yeah um and for back to moving back to your music and everything um what's like your favorite like um because we know already like hip-hop and rap has evolved a lot so now there's all these like subgenres, uh like trap and all that um, what would be like your favorite type of rap, and then who, uh, who, or what, uh, what in, uh, influences your music? Uh, any artist specifically? Well, like right now, I really haven't been listening to a lot, a lot of artists. Um, I try to give everybody, you know, a good chance. I'm still very old school. I like Nas' last album. I think that shit was phenomenal. Um, but I do listen to the younger guys. Like I love listening to the party music when I'm in a party mood. You know, <laughs> but. Um, I haven't really been listening to a lot of music lately. When I do listen to music, normally yeah. it's not hip hop. It's like well, Timmy or Sade, Anita Baker, old school type yeah. of stuff. <laughs> uh, but my biggest influence is, I would say, not to sound cliche, everybody's going to say it, but it is what it is. But Tupac yeah. is my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my dad. Yeah. I love that man to <laughs> death. DMX, Jay Z. Um, Feel mob, different people all over the world. Like so many different artists that I grew up listening to, East Coast, West Coast, Down South. Yeah. Um, but 
as far as my inspirations, I think that Jay-Z and, and Pac, and if you say Jay-Z, you got to say Biggie. I mean, let's be honest. He, yeah. Uh, he did a lot of spinoffs of lyrics. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I love those three a lot. I love Andre 3000. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just love, I love real people that got real, real music. And also, mm-hmm. um, he he's a wild-ass dude, but Bootsy, his music saved my life a lot. Like he he just he's <laughs> fucked up mentally. He said a lot of wrong shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I only know him I like by him like though. the I only know him by like the mainstream songs, but I've never heard his like other catalog. I need to I need to listen to it. <laughs> he has some songs that man, whenever I be going through some stuff, man, like he has a song going through some things and yeah, he got a lot of songs where it just hit your soul, like oh my yeah. god, like what? But it's just, you know, people that really have a troubling life, normally they, they are loose mouth like that. And yeah. Lucy is real loose mouth. It's <laughs> <laughs> some people that I give them a pass, but it's only, it's like, Lucy, be quiet. <laughs> it's like Soldier Boy, you know? <laughs> it's like, don't. Yeah, it's like, you know, I grew up listening to all of those people, but, you know, at, now that they're older, they're just ruining my childhood. I know, right? It's like, just don't talk. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was about to say too, like um I know you don't really mention them, but like for me, like your sound um reminds me a little bit of, of a mix of like Big Sean and like Big Crit. Like Big Crit because of the country. You know, country sound and then Big Sean because I feel like he has I don't know if you listened to his last album, it's like one of my favorite ones that just dropped this year, but he knows how to mix, you know, like blend mainstream hits with like conscious shit yeah. i thought that's cool not a lot of artists can do that so at that it kind of reminds me of you a little bit oh thank you i love big shine and i love big crit that's dope yeah uh and who would you be who would be like your top five like i know you kind of mentioned some of them but um who would you say would be like in your top five like dead or alive old school or new school <laughs> both <alive>. both <laughs> Oh, uh, man, I started working on a list, too, like, a yeah. while ago. I was like, who is my list? Like, I know. Mine changes all the time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I have it here. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have one, too. <laughs> but sometimes I would, like, move them around. I'm like, I don't know if I listen to him anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know because I would hate to say somebody, and it's like, man, let's just say that... Um, there's not really a long time that I can go without listening to uh, <laughs> Pac, Nas, yeah. Jay Z, Outkast, Field Mob, yeah, and Lil Boosie. Yeah, <laughs> Lil Boosie. <laughs> Shout out to Lil Boosie if he's watching. <laughs> he, needs, he needs to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> People used to say I'm the female Lil Boosie, and everybody used to be like, stop saying it. <laughs> That's funny. We should, we're going to tag him on this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. He's going to be like, he's going to say something disrespectful. Them gay girls <laughs> was talking about me. Oh, my <laughs> Hey, the bad publicity is good publicity. publicity. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um. And what uh, what is your like greatest accomplishments uh, so far as like as a creative for you? Ooh, 
as a creative or as a person? Uh, you get b both, either creatively or on a personal level. Okay. Creatively, my, my biggest accomplishment, I think, was, uh, you know, what we did with ACAB, A Crew About Business. Like, mm -hmm. it you know, it was just something that cannot be relived. And it may seem like something that was small, but it just was the foundation. It, it set the stone for everything because that was my first time ever going off away from home. Mm-hmm. I bringing that knowledge back to my people and we created something with that shit and it was doing well and we we made a big impact and like to me that was like the best time of my life that was the best thing we ever did and i'm pretty sure i've done some fucking amazing incredible things and somebody's gonna inbox me and say why didn't you tell them about the time you saved me from drowning or something stupid I don't <laughs> uh <laughs> i don't know man it's like uh, as far as life i think my my biggest accomplishment is just always remembering to choose myself. Like no matter what, as far as like me ending up in California, I moved here with $40, you know, like I had no money. I lost Damn. my wallet at the airport. Yeah. I didn't have nothing. And I'm, and I'm here six years later still. And I got my own place. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, dang, man, that it made me emotional sometimes thinking about it because I remember waking up in my car with people pulling on the doorknob and shit. And I'm like, what the, f blowing my horn, trying to get people to get away from my car. You know, I remember <laughs> wow. living, Yeah. You know, I remember being in that relationship where I wasn't appreciated and I stayed thinking that that was like all that I knew. And what am I going to do if I leave? Like mm -hmm. standing up for myself and choosing myself has been yeah. the absolute best thing I could ever do. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I admire, I admire your strength, though. Like, especially when you said that you lost, like, five people. It's like, not a lot of people can, like, survive that, you know? So I admire that, and I salute you for that. Yeah, and I was here alone. All of it was happening while I was here. Yeah. Like, I'm totally alone. No, nobody yeah. to cry to, nobody to lean on. Yeah. And, you know, it was tough. I was still performing. I was dealing with bad business. I was in between jobs. My stepmom got in a horrible car accident a year ago from today. She almost died. Oh, man. Today is the anniversary of her car accident, but she was hit by a drunk driver. And I mentioned that in my EP as well. I mean, like, yeah. she literally was kind of pronounced dead on the scene. You know what I mean? Like, wow. she was, we were told that she would uh, be paralyzed from the neck down and like, that's why in Elohim, I said, you lift my stepmother up and let her stand again because she's, you know, she's moving. She's not, you know, like exactly like she was a year ago, but she's alive and we are so grateful. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, life is unpredictable. You really got to be resilient and you really have to figure yep. it out, like deeper than shallow. Like, you got to go deep within yourself. I feel like being alone all of these years has helped me a lot. I'm very much so still very like um fragile. Yeah. But I feel like I'm also extremely strong too. Cause I don't I don't know how I you know, it's it's only been by the grace of God that I've been able to still be here, you know, and still be yeah. able to take care of myself and take care of my family and take you know, put other people in positions and spread love. Mm -hmm. like, that's how I know that there's a God because this is bigger than me. It's no way I'm moving this like this is too heavy for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that's like I said. I admire that about you. So salute to you on that. Um, 
And where do you see yourself though? Like, um, maybe in the next, in the next, (laughs) you're welcome. Uh, where do you see yourself in the next like five years? Um, either is is music going to be your main thing or do you see yourself outside of music and doing, pursuing something else? I think, um, I think five years is going to be the cap as far as like me pursuing it flamboyantly, like, you know, with the artist page, the videos, the doing all of that. Mm-hmm. That's probably my cap. If I haven't, you know, did anything or felt like I'm doing anything by, by the next five years, then I'm switching my role. I'm still going to be recording music. My whole life I'll record music as long as mm-hmm. God enables me to. Yeah. But I'm going to switch my role to, you know, uh, A&R or something like that, executive producer or yeah. maybe just radio show host or like I want to, you know, start getting these younger guys and start yeah. teaching them. And whoever else, whoever else is, um, cause I got a lot of knowledge. I got a lot of experience. So I want to flip it into a different business, maybe even the clothing brand, but I just want to switch it. So if it's not, <laughs> if I'm not songwriting for somebody yeah. by the next couple of years, <laughs> I'm going to fade the background. I won't have, I won't be a big artist no more. I'm going to be, I'm going to still be busy about boy, but I won't be the artist. Yeah. No, I, I get you. I'm the same way. Um, what, what advice or or encouragement do you have for people that are um, up and coming, like either MCs or entrepreneurs? Say advice is uh, learn as much as you can on your own, you know, learning because if you could do what my whole goal is always to to create my own uh, circle, but mm-hmm. we know how to do everything ourselves. So we don't really have to reach out to so many other people because you know, it's a, it's a risky business. And in, in every business, you're going to have ups and downs and you just got to kind of make good relationships. Don't shit on people, do good business at yeah. all times, no matter how much it costs, do it right. And then you won't have to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's really great advice for those listening. Um, and what do you, what do you believe sets you apart um, from the rest of your peers? What sets me apart is that, like, Busy Bad Boy is a whole nother person outside of me, and she she runs the show. You know, she is, she's like that dream person that you want to be friends with, you want to get to know, you want to be around, you, lo- you love everything about them, mm-hmm. but they're so mysterious, and catch up to, and <laughs> I think that that part of me is what makes me so unique, because... I'm hard to figure out. And I know a lot of people say that, but when it's like, I don't know, like with me personally, I know that I'm a mystery to my own self. I do not know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason why I separate Casey from busy. Cause I have no idea what busy is doing. I know Casey, Casey is the homebody, <laughs> you know, Casey <laughs> is the one that's like, Oh, bye. <laughs> you know, but busy is like, so everybody, facing and active and I'm not like that you know what I mean so she takes over the show and (laughs) to see her in action it's like she's dreamy you fall in love with her you know what I mean like she's so dreamy and cool and unique and that's just what makes her so different she's just so cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's cool um and then I'm going to switch it up a little bit here um usually on the latter part of the interview I kind of switch it to the horror side so I know you mentioned you're like a horror fan like myself so first question um, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh man, you name any Halloween, 
But I would have to say, mm, which one is my absolute favorite? I don't know, man. It's hard. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say the cliche one, but H2O was funny as fuck. Yeah, I love that so one. funny because they had no idea who they were fucking with. <laughs> 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 I love Michael Myers, man. That dude right there, I love him. I love you. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I went to the Michael Myers house like over the weekend, but that was pretty dope. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, whenever I seen it, I was like, dang, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you should go. It's like two hours it's away. Crazy, <laughs> I know. I just was up there like yesterday. Like, oh, damn. <laughs> Mike is a weirdo, dog. Like, he is so crazy, so scary, but at, at the same time, he's like, He's like so strong and dominant. He all that strength. I'll be wanting that shit. I'm like, he's gonna <laughs> choke the shit out of y'all. You do not know. Oh, we. He's a strong motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and who's like your favorite? Like, um, final girl. Like that survives. Like the the horror movie. Who who would be your favorite? <laughs> oh my god, my favorite final girl. <laughs> I don't know. Um. The old girl make it in Joyride, Candy Cane. Did she make it? I think she actually did, yeah. No, yeah, they actually saved her at the end, yeah. Yeah, because I, I love that. That's my <laughs> movie, too. I love Joyride, Candy yeah. Cane. <laughs> I know my mom, my mom loves that movie. <laughs> she was cool. It's just in the car thinking everything cool. And they done, they done really gave the description of her. And he want her now. And I'm like, oh, what is that? <laughs> I know, right? It teaches you yeah, the lesson to not, don't fuck, don't fuck with a trucker with the CB radio. <laughs> not play around. Man. Uh, did you grow up uh, with any, like, uh, legends or anything like that? You being from the South, did you have any, like, legends that you, your, your grandma might have told you or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Boy, did we. Um, <laughs> my grandmother, <laughs> I mean, as far as legends, she went by a lot of them. Like, you know, we couldn't watch... We still can't wash our clothes on New Year's, you know. Um, I couldn't whistle in the house, you know. Uh, that was <laughs> oh, wow. like this horrible bad luck for wow. women to whistle in the house. And it, she would just always mm. have legends and always have sayings and different superstitions and different things. Yeah. I respected them. <laughs> like, <laughs> even uh, it was something about a man has to walk in your house. Uh -huh. first on new year's with money in his pocket or something and i'm like but what if you don't have a man oh my god <laughs> that's a, that's a weird i never heard about the whistling that's a that's a new one <laughs> yeah she, my grandmother hey she had them all i just was like yes ma'am i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting though about the the man so wait so like some guy would just walk into your house or or how did the how did the legend go it's supposed to be like the head of the household mm -hmm. is supposed to be the first one to walk in the house on New Year's, and he's supposed to have money in his right pocket or something like that. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I've never, I've never <laughs> had that. Maybe that's why I don't have the the luck with the money. I don't hit the lottery and stuff like everybody else. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, do you believe? <laughs> um, do you believe in like the like the supernatural? Have you ever had any like supernatural experiences? Oh, yeah, I definitely believe in that. Um, <laughs> I've had some supernatural stuff happen. Oh, uh, man. Oh, uh, man. I hate to tell you this story, but 
Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> when we lived in the house, my mom got this house, and uh, she, like I said, she used to find me in the closet with my headphones on listening to music. I was like <laughs> five years old, and I yeah. did it until I was probably like 15. Yeah. And at this new house we had just moved in, it was like, uh, it was like rumors in the neighborhood saying that somebody died in the house, but mm -hmm. you know we weren't, we we didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah. So I'm in the I'm in the house, and it was one day I was like, I'm gonna get in the closet and write me some raps. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So I get in the closet and I'm writing my raps and I'm got my music on. You know, everyday activity. Yeah. And I just felt like somebody was sitting next to me, like I just felt like it. Yeah. And I looked to the right and it was an old ass lady. Oh, hell she no. <laughs> when I tell you we moved out of the house that same day, <laughs> like oh ask my mother. <laughs> that shit's crazy. Oh, we were out of there. Mom, she subleased it to another lady and they stayed in there until the lease was up under my mom's name and we, we went and found another place. <laughs> oh, shit. Did you find out what happened? Like any history about the house or not? Uh, yeah, actually, there was a family that stayed there, but it wasn't that house. It was down the street, mm -hmm. four or five houses down the street. There was a family that stayed there. The husband killed the wife in the front yard. Oh, shit. Damn. I wonder like that. Years ago, and I actually know the, yeah. I know the girl whose mom it was. You know what I mean? Oh, like wow. I found out later, like, she was telling the story, like, yeah, my dad killed my mom, and she was telling me what area, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I seen some old lady, and how old was she? You know? Yeah, it was crazy, but it definitely happened. Yeah. So I believe ever since then, I've always believed in it, and I have some activities that be going on in here. But yeah. I, you know, I have an altar, so you know, I expect activities to go on in here because yeah. I have an altar. But yeah, I do believe in supernatural. Damn, that's just crazy. Um. Do you, uh, what do you, what do you believe in as far as, cause I know you say you believe in God and stuff like that. Like, uh, do you believe like in reincarnation or, cause I always like having this topic about like life after death type of thing. Like what, what do you think like happens, um, after you die? I, I really, I don't know. I have like a lot of thoughts, but when it comes to like, I guess religion or spirituality, I'm mm -hmm. sort of like that kid in the movie Life of Pi. I haven't uh, seen that movie. I still need to watch it. <laughs> it's really good. He's like, he's like learning about all these religions and he's a little boy and his dad is like telling him like, you can't do that. He's like saying, thank you, Allah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He's like <laughs> saying all the religions. Yeah. <laughs> and as I'm watching it, I was just, I was laughing. I was so tickled because I was like, honestly, that's kind of me. Like, you know I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know what I believe in as far as like, religion i know yeah. i grew up christian i guess i grew up christian mm -hmm. um <laughs> and uh i believe in god you know when i pray sometimes i say in jesus name or sometimes i say i'll ask the universe it's you know it's just yeah it's open to whatever anything that i feel like um i know there's a higher power so anything yeah. positive that aligns with positivity I, i'm cool with that you know what i mean yeah. i really for like oh no you gotta abide by this don't get me wrong there's a lot of passages in the bible that i go by there's a lot of passages in the quran that i go by there's a lot of i live with a moroccan family so you know there's okay. a lot of muslim influence around my house yeah as far as like my landlords like their house is attached to mine so 
we eat dinner together. There's a lot of Muslim tradition together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, you know, like I, I, I get offended if people say stuff about uh, Muslims or any other religion. I don't like yeah. nasty stuff like that. Like, I don't like when people do nasty business. Yeah. Because I feel like we all are humans and we, none of us just have all of the answers. So we should be exactly. allowed to believe in whatever we want to believe in until it's time to leave. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. But, I feel like reincarnation is definitely a possibility mm-hmm. um, because so many um, different people that look like people from the past and there's a lot of children that are being born and they can remember their past life. Yeah, and that's just crazy. Like, how would this five-year-old know about this person that died in 1970? You know what I mean? Exactly. So I really don't know, but I'm open i've always been a very open child open person so i'm yeah. open to those things like i have no idea i just pray that like i kind of want to be kind of consciously aware whenever i do pass i want to know that it ended that's all. exactly like, that's i want to know that it was over. yeah and the, right yeah that's <laughs> what i think about too <laughs> go ahead I really want to kind of just like it, it kind of like I fall asleep and then I wake up and it's like an elevator and people are clapping like, good job. You're done. Come on. <laughs> Come on down. I know. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Cause that's what freaks me out. Like, like the no consciousness anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Or even if like you said, like, um, when you die or if you're reincarnated, like you're conscious somehow, like knowing that you're, you know, you come back. Cause like you said, sometimes you meet people and you connect with them and it feels like you've known them like your whole life, which is like really strange. Yeah. yeah. They seem very familiar. It's exactly. But it's like, I always feel a deeper connection, even deja vu. Like sometimes yeah. it's like, why is this happening? I, I felt this before. This is familiar. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I I watched this movie. It just came out like this year. Um, Tenet. Um, what's it called? Um, I forgot. Uh, John Washington. I think it's Denzel Washington's son. Um, comes out in it. It's oh, it yeah. kind of and it touches on that. It's like a, a trippy ass movie, but it, it, at the end they're like, "Hey, I've, like I've known you so many times, lifetimes." So I thought that was kind of crazy. So I was yeah, like, I like, yeah, yeah. So you definitely watch it if you haven't seen it. But I like to- talking about that topic just because I'm I'm kind of interested in like everybody, like how everybody thinks and you know their beliefs. Um, and um, another question: uh, What's like your your greatest fear, and uh, and why? And do you ever think you will overcome it? I think my greatest fear is drowning, or oh, yeah. or, or being stuck somewhere that I can't get out. I don't want to like be the thought of being trapped. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's me scary. Out. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like not being able to breathe freaks me out. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it could be because like I have, I have asthma and sleep apnea mm-hmm. and like, I, I struggle with choking sometimes in my sleep. So yeah, I'm that is like, scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be a scary way to go. <laughs> but yeah, not being able to breathe or choking or something. Yeah, that is that's another thing. I don't want to die on accident. Like, I don't <laughs> know. 
I know, yeah. Talking about that, like about oh. not breathing, <laughs> I could relate to that because uh, the other, like, it was like a few weeks ago already. Um, you know, like that little like powder, um, like um, I forget what it's called, like the one that you put on the the pepper that you put on the pizza. You know how it's like kind of like peppery, but it also kind of like if you inhale it, you can start choking on that shit. Yeah, right. So I fucking did. I don't know how it happened. I inhaled it, inhaled it. I'm like, dude, if I fucking die this way, that's so fucking embarrassing. Like I was literally like choking to death. And then Melly, my sister was like, she's choking. And I was like, finally, like I was able to like fucking get it out of my my throat and everything. But I was like, oh, my God, if I died this way, <laughs> like the thousand uh, ways oh. to die. That <laughs> would have been embarrassing. Watch that show. I watch. I shouldn't be alive. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. for some reason, I'm into shows about death. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, and then uh, these are like the last two questions I have for you before um, we get out of here. But uh, usually, like asking this the deeper question towards the end. So. Um, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind, uh, either creatively or on a personal level? Hmm. I really, the only thing that I, I want is for people to just know that I was here and to know what type of person I was when I was here. Like I want to, I want to just be remembered for being helpful, for being a service, like, I don't really care about any acknowledgement, but I just want people to be like, yo, like she helped me. She helped me like do this. this. Like she yeah. was always there whenever I needed this. She always answered. Like, I want people to know that I did my best to help when, you know, when I was here, that's yeah. it because they're going to draw their conclusions about everything else that I've done. But I just want them to know that I did my best. I tried. I did. See, kind of froze up a little bit. Can you hear me or it looks like you kind of froze on there. I'm not sure of your internet connection. All right, she'll get back on here in a second. Yeah, so it's technical difficulties should be good, but um, yeah, uh, interesting, interesting person, dope human being. Um, we'll get her on in a, back in a second right now. I think she just kind of lost connection here. Um, here we go. Let me bring her back on here. All right. There we go. He kind of froze a little bit for a second. <laughs> yeah. All right. Man, Sorry. No worries. Is, uh, <laughs> you were talking about... Over here today. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, you were talking about... Um, your legacy that you wanted to be remembered, like for helping people. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to be remembered for helping people, basically. Is my internet yeah. stable? Yeah, it looks like you're good now. Um, 
and then just the the last question too um for you what are two things that about you that you want your um you know people to know about you that they might they may not be aware two things that they may not be aware of yeah oh man <laughs> uh can it be like some some history or some yeah like that yeah I, like, like history or like random fact about you okay random fact first random fact i was knocked out with a baseball when i was like four years old my cousins <laughs> were throwing them on the roof and i opened the door to go outside and yeah it knocked me out and <laughs> I had to get like a CAT scan. They thought I was oh, gone. So a baseball almost took me out at like four. Oh my God. So that's one thing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing is uh, I'm 31 years old. A lot of people think I'm 18. So maybe that's a surprise. All right, <laughs> All right man. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for sitting here with me, for talking about yourself, uh, sharing who you are and everything for those that might not know you. Um, any like shout outs or anything you want to give out before you, you head out? Yeah. Shout out to seven Octobers and spooky gang. Thank you. <laughs> y'all always show me a lot of love and you know, no matter what y'all think big or small, it means a lot, especially for me. You know, I don't really have anybody out here. So yeah. feeling that love from all of y'all is major. Um, thank you for having me on. I want to shout out my mother and my, you know, my father, my parents for raising me and uh, believing in me and ACAB, a crew about business. Shout out to my team, Big B, Beware Records, Kevin Scott, um, man, Sound Lounge, <laughs> they always record my hits. In <laughs> uh, San Diego, Valosta, you know, all the cities that I represent, Valosta, San Diego, big ups to everybody. And I apologize about my internet, man. We working to get some better <laughs> internet over here. I know I'm lagging bad, but. <laughs> No worries. We'll, we can always bring you on when you drop another project or something. Because I had to show love to you just because you've been like working your ass off. So I was like, me and you, I feel like we're like uh, in comparison, like we're like the same. So I really appreciate that. Um, all the stuff you've been working, it doesn't go unnoticed. Because I know being uh, like a podcaster or whatever you want to call yourself, blogger or whatever, um, sometimes you feel like unappreciated just because you don't hear it that much and you're like on the other side, you know, the, doing the interviewing. So I was like, I need to give you the spotlight and like, you know, show love to what you're doing and keep going. I really appreciate that. It mean a lot. Yeah, no problem. So thank you again. No worries for the technical difficulties. It's all good. Um, so shout out to, to you again. Um, you can follow her at busy bad boy. <laughs> um, all right, so anything else you want to say before you, you leave? Man, um, y'all string disturb tranquility. Follow me, B-I-Z-Z-Y-B-A-L-B-O-A. I got merch, lftde.bigcartel.com. Just keep supporting, keep following. Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue podcast, baby. Uh, Thank you. Check out Get to Know Me podcast every Saturday. And um, that's it. Big love to everybody. All right. Well, thank you and peace. Big love. <laughs>
All right, well, thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in for another episode of Nightmare on Cedric Avenue. Apologize for the technical difficulties. It happens, uh, but we, we got through and done with it. Um, follow Busy, dope, like I said, dope human being, uh, dope MC, podcaster, all that. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to peace out. See you guys on an episode, another episode.